Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. Today I'm with Andrew Cook and we're going to take a peek behind the mask. Thanks for being here, Andrew. No problem, David. Uh, so in university, both you and I attended a lot of um, like various engineering student conferences and I wanted to kind of talk about the culture there because for me it was really one of the places I experienced the most what many people would call toxic masculinity but there was a lot of just like heavy drinking culture and and you know expectations around the like hookup culture as well um at those conferences um and so for me like personally it really impacted me and i felt like i needed to kind of play into it um you know that's a character weakness on my part um, but it really did feel like, you know, if you weren't drinking enough, you were called, you know, a wimp or, or a pussy or whatever else. And it was the same, you know, if you weren't trying to get laid because there was such like uh, a cesspool of that in some of these hotels and stuff. Um, what, were, what, what were your experiences like in, in that environment? Um, I'd say a, a little bit different, I guess. I, I feel like we, because uh, we... We're both heavily involved in, you know, those student organizations, but I mm -hmm. think also at slightly different times and different generations. Yeah. Because um, I think when, you know, when I came in, uh, you were sort of on your way out. And um, and I think, like, definitely when I first got there, I saw, I think, a lot of that, and I bought into it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and for me, it was always, you know, kind of fun. Uh, I never felt too pressured at them mm -hmm. um but i definitely like could see it being toxic for some people yeah you know and it's it, it was really interesting but i i always found that you know slowly over time the the culture sh sort of shifted um i think to a more inclusive place yeah um but definitely still um you know heavy on on the on the drinking i suppose which yeah. is uh and it seemed like I, it definitely did shift, you know, while I was involved. And it's interesting to kind of, you know, see why, I guess. Like, you know, obviously it was kind of uh, outdated behavior, let's call it, for lack of a better term. But there was also a lot of pushback. You know, you know, this, uh, you know, people were saying, oh, we're just being politically correct and that kind of thing. But meanwhile, like one example I remember specifically was, you know, a female delegate uh, was upset and, and crying because she went into a hotel room and a bunch of people were yelling at her tits out for the boys tits out for the boys and like and so like the organization itself decided like you know we can't have that happening at our types of events um and there was a many other like i think uh incidents that led to the shift in culture but um do you think it's sustainable and do you think it was like why why did it exist in this environment in the first place as well well, I think it, as I mean, with a lot of things, it kind of starts out as something that's fun. And then I think as you get, you know, these groups of people, they tend to then polarize like, you know, that stuff. I remember after hearing about that, I mean, like, holy, holy shit. Like, you know, that that was and there were a few things, too. Like, you know, I, I was pretty involved and we we share the emails. We pass them on year to year. And I remember I went back a few and saw some incidences in the past too that were just they weren't sustainable and i mm -hmm. think like those organizations that we were part of you know say that they represent students and i think a huge part of that culture shift is sort of a maturity with 
within, I guess, students, you know, understanding that, you know, it's fun to get together and you get together with your friends, you, you do want to party. I think that's part of our culture, but mm. understanding that if you're representing students and, and you're at this organization, then, you know, we sort of, those organizations had to shift away from, uh, you know, that party culture. It's, it's not, you know, like, and, uh, well, it's not like your state, it's not a frat, right? It's not, yeah. it's not a party organization. And, I think that that's that's really what I saw was shifting from that. You know, we're here to we're here to drink, um, you know, network uh, to we're here to represent students. But I guess what's also really interesting about that is as that division happened, an entirely sort of new function came in uh, as an outlet for that sort of party and drinking culture. Okay, yeah. Um, which was really, you know, interesting because it sort of happened at at Mac too at my university where the engineering society sort of started to shift away from, you know, the the leaders being the I guess the drinking, um, you know, crazy people and and we had all those engineering songs and mm-hmm. of course Mac got in trouble for it but everybody yeah. everyone was doing it. Um, well, and that's I but, I oh go ahead. Yeah, well, I just think that, you know, it's it's interesting to see that as it is, uh, I guess, replaced, um, you know, some people still sort of feel like they they need to bring that back, which is something I always found was, you know, kind of interesting because I don't like to me, it just seems very toxic, but yeah. something pulled people to it. Well, and like one thing that I find interesting because, you know, we can dive into this. There were these misogynistic songs, and and right that, uh, you know, McMaster got a lot of media attention for. But you know, they were very prevalent at these kind of leadership conferences as well. And I actually still kind of struggle with those because you know I'm someone who thinks that anything in stand-up comedy can be funny, right? Um, you know, it, it has to be well delivered and it has to be you know certain framing. Um, but I. I, I kind of always viewed those in a similar vein, right? If everyone knows it's well and fun and nothing serious, it's like a way to let off steam. Um, and I'm, you know, I actually think of Kanye West, who like advocates that you know just say whatever like raw evil things are on your mind or whatever if they come up, because why not? It's an outlet. It's better to let it out than bottle it in. And so there were some quite grotesque things that people would say, but everyone knew it was it was a joke. Um, but then it does obviously create this not particularly welcoming environment. But then I also, um, you know, what I want to ask you, your opinion on is it was always associated with maleness, right? Um, and, and it was more the guys doing it. But And there was a few women who would really like own it and, and, and sing the songs too. Um, and so I'm, I'm interested in kind of your, your opinion on, on all of that. But I, I find it's kind of hard for me to uh, talk about it with without being a hypocrite in ways. Yeah, <laughs> because you know I have participated in that, mm-hmm. and I at times I've enjoyed it. I've I've found you know because it's it's funny. It's a joke. Yeah. Um. But I think what hit me the hardest was sort of the day I realized that it's not a joke to everyone. Um. Yeah. And that I, I kind of had a tough time with that, and then after that I sort of refused to sing the songs. Mm-hmm. That was that we were at a um, 
basically a social uh, down in uh, Carlton. And there was a guy there who uh, basically when all that stuff had happened, mm-hmm. um, he kind of took over for the students to, to make sure that we could still have a welcome week. Yeah. And uh, anyway, we all went down to Ottawa and he was there and we're at this sort of smaller party. And, you know, at that time I was president of the engineering society and I was like, you know what, we're in a small group, uh, sort of a more intimate setting. I don't know if intimate's the right word, but you know, yeah. it was, it, it didn't, it didn't feel public and it didn't feel like anyone there would mind. So, you know, we start singing these songs and we were, we were having a blast. And, you know, this one guy later in the night, I found out he left, he went to go walk around town go see the parliament buildings and stuff like that at mm-hmm. like midnight. Um, didn't really hear and then you know a week later he basically sends me a message like look man i i gotta talk to you something's really bothering me yeah and that was when he said you know like we did our best to sort of shift this culture and change it and create a more inclusive environment he lost friends over it right he uh the community sort of almost hated him for it for you know stepping in when no one else either would or could Mm-hmm. and trying to salvage those good parts of the community. Yeah. And, you know, he had basically left and then came back and, you know, he sees he was supposed to be a leader sort of, you know, regressing to the dark ages. And, you know, to him, it really, I think, it, it really hurt him because he saw that everything he did, he felt like it was a waste. Mm-hmm. And, uh that I mean, that was sort of the the kicker for me, realizing like, you know, it's it is a. I mean, to me, it was always a joke, but especially yeah. and especially with these organizations, if you claim to be in a position of leadership, then you have to do better, and you know, you can't you can't carry yourself on like that because there will be people in those organizations who don't think it's a joke and who don't find it funny, and your yeah. job is to be a leader to those people, right? Mm-hmm. I guess that's fair. And, uh, you know, I think perhaps that would be the the balance worth striking is that, you know, if you are representing more people and that kind of thing, like it, like explicitly so, not some implicit representation, then then you have to potentially be more wary of what you say and do. Uh, it seemed to me like there was maybe an overcorrection, though, right? Like, well, just the tr- it kind of was a precursor to a lot of the trends you see now generally um, with people, you know, being unwilling to say or unable to say much without offending someone, right? Like that's the other side of it is there is always someone who can be offended by almost anything. Um, You know, these were quite extreme examples, obviously. Um, But it is, it, it is, you know, a finer line than I think people realize maybe. And, you know, one thing, and I think people don't realize that they walk that line all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, so many people like to sort of take the high horse and say, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but you know, they think they've never made the mistake. They've never said anything that could have been offensive type thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And people are so quick to jump on the witch hunt that, that, you know, they don't realize that people are just people. Yeah. And a lot of the time they, they don't mean to, you know, be aggressive, to be mean, yeah, um, exclusionary. They're just, you know, in the moment trying to have fun for a lot of um, 
Yeah. And what I saw at the engineering conferences, you know? Yeah. There's a quote, I, I think it's Mr. Rogers, but I'm not sure, but it's something like, love and trust between what's said and what's heard in our life can make all the difference in the world. And that's really what it comes to is I think knowing most people aren't ill-intentioned and aren't evil, um, even if they're stupid and make mistakes, uh, right? If you assume yeah. what they say is meant in a, in a bad way, uh, you're not gonna get that far. But I'm interested to know your thoughts on, you know, in this engineering culture, obviously there are a lot more males than females. Although in, in my experience and in involvement, it was actually much more balanced than like in the population overall. Like uh, there was uh, prob yeah. probably around 50% women, but there was still, we I heard at least that it was like this, this toxically male culture at conferences and stuff like this. Um, but there was, you know, just as many women there as men. Uh, so it always kind of confused me. And like with the songs in particular, there would be women who were super into it and singing along and getting into it. And then they were also kind of partially dismissed as like, oh, well, they have to do that. It's like they're posing to fit in. They don't actually want to be singing along. And it was like there there was never, I don't know, it, it was hard for me to understand what uh, everything that was being said to me about the culture. Yeah, well, and I think it's hard to, to understand it, I guess, from our perspective, but then also kind of from our force perspective. I think a lot of what happens is, especially nowadays, uh, people tend to get offended for other people. Mm. Um, you know, and I, and I like I've, I've spoken a lot uh, with a lot of my female colleagues and a lot of the, a lot of, you know, people are dynamic. Like you can't really put people into groups. Some people, you know, love it and they like the conference culture. They like going out and they like drinking. They like the work hard, play hard attitude that kind of mm. tends to come along with them, these organizations. Yeah. Uh, you know, and others are, they, they don't, you know, they're, they're a little bit more introverted. They're a little bit more timid. They want to do the representation side. They want to do work, uh, you know, for this provincial or national organization, uh, and they could do without the conference stuff. And yeah, I, you know, I think it's, it's interesting cause I guess it comes down to kind of what, what you see, um, masculinity as being, you know, and, and mm -hmm. what, you know, because we talking a lot about party culture and drinking culture and hookup culture, and that's not necessarily you know masculinity and toxic masculinity. I think that's that's just a a, a part of our culture um, that's shared between between both sexes. Um, I I would so agree, but it, that... I would agree, but I think it the way what I read it's it's associated with masculinity. That, like, I, I agree with you uh, in principle, but it's not, you know, what I'm hearing other places, I guess. And, and um, I mean, even the feminist movement has been to, like, allow women to be more like men. They can sleep around if they want to. They can do, like, that's the way you kind of hear it. Not that they inherently just, like, it's a feminine thing to do it, but it's like they should be able to because men do it is, is the way it's kind of pitched. I think. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like I'd have to do a lot more reading in there to to understand. Oh yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I guess it, it does come down to are those things, are they masculine or not? Yeah. Um, when I, I, I think the, yeah, the most important thing is that there is, with, with few exceptions, there's not much that is explicitly feminine or masculine. And, you know, you see a lot of these movements now to, to kind of try and start tearing down those very broad labels. Um, but it is interesting to have like, I don't know, come of age in the culture that very much was in, in that transitionary period, I guess. Yeah. Because like shifting to like hookup culture, I felt like, you know, I was pressured to, there was people who explicitly would tell me I was wasting my opportunities because I wasn't trying to sleep with new people at every conference. I was just there to like, I was content to just kind of like party and have a good time. But I was consistently <laughs> being told that I should be trying to get laid. Um, and that, and that kind of thing. So I'm interested, uh, like, did you have, I mean, you were a bit after me as well, I guess, but it was pretty, uh, you know, there was a lot of hookups uh, around um, the conferences. And I guess uh, it'll be interesting to chat with some of the females and see if they were pressured in a similar manner. Um, but I don't, like, men are definitely pressured to be the aggressors in a, in a sexual, like, endeavor, let's say. Yeah, um, a couple places I guess I want to go with that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I I actually never really felt it at the conferences, okay. um, which which was kind of interesting. There was always the uh, the term thrown around the conference slut. Yeah. Which which went more towards the guys of than the yeah. You never called the girl the conference slut. It was the the guy who went to every conference and slept around. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think it comes from, um, I mean, I had an experience over welcome week. That was probably the, the one time that I ran into that and kind of shot it down. Um, basically we're at the, the frosh pub, which is our first sort of pub night with all the engineers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went there, and I mean, this this was during my frosh week, so I was pretty, uh, uh, I don't know what you would call that, but unsure of myself, right? Yeah. Kind of uh, out of my comfort zone, out of my element sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was seeing someone at the time back in, uh, excuse me, back in my hometown of Ottawa. Yeah. Um, and now I go to school. I'm still in Hamilton, and I was uh, obviously at that time. Uh, and so anyway, we go to this thing, and they had this... Uh, I really hated it. Uh, they, it was a, you get tattoos, uh, just like the oh, ones yeah. you put on with water. And instead of putting them on, you know, with water, you would get someone to lick them on you. Yeah. So they were uh, like hickey tattoos, basically. Yeah, exactly. I forgot which about I've that. I've always found was kind of repulsive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we're there, and this guy like basically comes up to me, and there was this other girl there. He sticks the tattoo on her, and is like, "Go." And it was like, what? No. Yeah. Like, for multiple reasons here, like that's so. And like this guy, you know, was one of the one of the frosh leaders. Like he's mm-hmm. meant to be. Uh, and he kind of ruined my night because oh, what was it he said? He said I basically. He basically said, "Don't be a pussy," and I was like, "Well, like I I, I have a girlfriend." He's like, "So what?" I was like, yeah. you, "You are the exact opposite kind of person I want to be." 
I'm leaving. Yeah. And I just, you know, I went to the front doors. I asked, uh, uh, I asked this one girl, I was like, is this a sketchy part of town? Like, can I just walk around? Yeah. I didn't know Hamilton at all. And I just went for a lap around the block, went back yeah. and got back on the first bus and sort of that. So that kind of ruined my night then. But yeah. then I found like when I went, and it, it would be interesting to know like how I guess different parties felt about it for me I was always content to go there to just have a good time and focus on like making friendships mm-hmm. uh, focus on like the work with ESCO um, and I think it probably came up a few times but I, I know I would have easily sidelined it and said you know basically to paraphrase me F off like <laughs> I'm yeah. just gonna do my own thing you know well, I, I commend you for that, actually. And even like, I'm, it's, I'm sorry to hear that your night got ruined, but like, I commend you for being that strong because I definitely wasn't. And um, like, I really just fell into the pressures of how I should act. And I mean, I had so I had so badly wanted a girlfriend for a long time. And yeah. that seemed the path of least resistance, make out drunk at a party and then eventually you'll have a loving relationship, right? Like, was how it seemed to me, um, as fucked, <laughs> as messed up as that is, right? Um, but you bring a really good example. I forgot about these tattoo things, right? These hickey tattoos that yeah. were really meant as a, like, everyone should just start licking each other. And it was often, like, you know, an excuse that men used to, give hickeys to women and just start sucking on their neck, I found. But also, there's a picture of me, I remember quite vividly, with two chicks, like, one on each side of my neck giving me these tattoos, and I just look miserable, because I'm like, why is this go- Why is this happening right now? Um, and so it was like, it was like encouraging non-consensual uh, acts, right? Through this, through this uh, tradition of licking each other, right? um yeah it was and people would pressure yeah messed up yeah it's totally like when i we worked to basically get rid of those uh mac because i mean the other part of it is like you know that one could argue that that's like sexual assault oh yeah absolutely um but it's like sometimes neither of the people wanted to do it and it was like a third party being like you both need to do this if you want to be real engineers or whatever right like yeah um, yeah absolutely but absolutely it's just that i mean it's that rape culture but in a much more you know explicit sense but it also makes me think you know i started working on campus at waterloo again and there's a student who said you know um wake up smarter, sleep with an engineer. And it's like, they have like a patch now. So like, they're still creating things that I'm just like, okay, this is childish and immature and like stupid. Um, But it's still like, they think it's hilarious. And it's, it's, I mean, it's not as bad as forcing people to lick each other, but it's the same kind of sentiment, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think what's interesting, especially now looking back on it, I mean, I'm not that old, but I'm yeah. in my sixth year of school. Yeah. And like first years, <laughs> they are now young. Like, yeah, it's it's funny because at the time you feel like a real adult and you feel, um, you know, mature and you feel like, you know, uh, at least I, I think that I was maybe cocky enough to feel that way or yeah. arrogant, what the word is. Yeah. But sort of looking back on it now, it's like, oh, like, you know, even 
in my personal life and decisions that I made where it's like, I, I really had no clue what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting because then when it's like, yeah, I don't really know how to, well, but, yeah. you know, with tattoos, like it's just so public too. And so mm-hmm. like out there that I think it was so easy to be like, haha, this is like hilarious and new and yeah. But it, it's just like, uh, just a bad choice. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's another example of it. It's a joke to some people, but not to everyone, right? And when when the, the people who think it's a joke explicitly try and make other people see it the way they see it for whatever likely perverse reason, like, I mean, it's very interesting to me to try and think about where these traditions came from. Like, why did people start doing it? But I think it's also quite good that you know, within our time in school, a lot of them have shifted away, right? Like there's become, there has been this like greater awareness to it all. Um, but one thing I just, like, I forget who said it, but university is basically, you're taking a bunch of 19 year olds who are like, pe- have pent up sexual frustration. You're putting them all in one spot and dousing them in liquor and drugs, right? And so it's like, <laughs> that is what is going on, right? Yeah. And so it's like, what do you really expect? And I think, I mean, my experience is that, you know, the universities treat us like children at that age. So you, it's much easier to behave like children as well, right? The way you act or I act or anyone acts at 18 or 19 at a, at a university thing is very different than you could if you were working full time for an employer, right? Like, yeah. The, the realities of, of life are just so different in this, uh, this little, you know, fake ecosystem of a university experience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, too, there's what's... I've always found it interesting because there's, I guess, conflicting cultures almost like you know there's certain groups of people i think both male and female who want to experience certain things mm-hmm. um and i think one of the main issues that came up was that you know one of those obviously dominated yeah. in especially in roles of leadership mm-hmm. which you know i i think that there's sort of a time and a place for stuff so yeah you know um I don't really know what I'm trying to say, but I guess it's that, you know, sometimes that culture is not always toxic if it's, but it, it really depends. Yeah. (laughs) Cause you, you, it's, it's like consent, right? Everyone needs to consent, but no one knows at first what they're consenting to. Yeah. Like, so that's like, I think that's the main issue, right? Is if you, you know, I'm going to go to this frosh pub, holy shit, everyone's licking these tattoos. I didn't know I signed up for this. Yeah. You know, no one it would be different if you went to a swingers club and, and yeah, everyone exactly. was licking each other, right? Versus, yeah. hey, this is just an engineering welcome event. Why is everyone licking each other, right? And, and I mean, you and I were both, you know, at least somewhat within that culture, right? And, and or put up with it. And, and you know, I, I dove in completely. But then imagine someone who is just completely unaware or or doesn't want that like i wanted a party culture but imagine someone who's just new to town wants to meet some other engineers they show up to an event and everyone's licking each other right 
and and they don't even yeah and yeah sorry i feel like i keep cutting you off no worries but it's... um what yeah go ahead nothing i'm done <laughs> okay um what's well, interesting too because i wonder if they advertise it you know come out to this pub we're all gonna be licking each other how many yeah. people would go <laughs> or maybe then, more people you know... would go <laughs> yeah maybe yeah but you wouldn't get the people who didn't want to go yeah i i've found it interesting though because you know i've i've said to some of my friends and roommates before like if if there was like a like tiered welcome week of like okay this one we're gonna hate you yeah. this one we're gonna like you know not and we're gonna really introduce you to university and settle down and give you advice about how to like you know blah 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 like mm-hmm. we probably all would have you know ate right into the like yeah sure like <laughs> um you know dye us purple and throw garbage at us yeah <laughs> which is i guess the time and the place right like yeah. there was a time i mean not anymore but where you know, I found that kind of culture to be engaging and, yeah. and fun and just, you know, relaxing and a good way to sort of blow off steam. Yeah. And I um, think it's worth, um, we can't cover it right now, but I think it's worth talking about, you know, there's a lot of talk about consent culture in a male to female way. But I think I the, the things with like hazing and that kind of stuff, and like we weren't in frats, but from what I understand, the engineering culture I experienced was very similar to frat culture. And, uh, mine as well. And the male to male unconsensual hazing and things like that. Like there were some very extreme examples in the US that, that came into the news in the past few years. But just generally, like uh, people trying to force me to do things that I did not want to do. And if I didn't, I wasn't worthy, right? Um, and that kind of thing. And, and I mean, if that's what you're trained at at any stage as to how to get validation, you're likely to perpetuate that. Yeah. Yeah. When, yeah, I think the male to male consent is something we don't really consider. And especially, I mean, I, I play uh, rugby, for example, with, with Hamilton. And we were, we had a discussion the other day about what rookie nights used to look like sort of mm-hmm. back in the eighties. Yeah. And that, you know, that's just like, what the holy, like, I don't want to do that. You know, yeah. it was, it sort of went from this. Cause I've always found like, you know, I'll hear stories from my dad or people who graduated university and they have these, you know, funny stories that have to do with hazing mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And they sound, you know, they, they sound kind of fun. Like it, it would have been fun to be a part of that. But then you hear some other stories. And I remember once, you know, my dad sort of being like, yeah, well, I feel really bad. We like we bullied that guy. Like yeah. looking back on it, you know, we thought it was fun, but he he did not have fun, you know, yeah. and and. So I guess, you know, what's the, you know, I guess it's like a cost of avoiding those mistakes. So we don't, we don't get to experience what we think might get fun, but we also don't get to have those regrets, which is sort of a, a good thing, right? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I think we'll end it there and hopefully we can continue this conversation, this, this thread of topic next time, because I think it's a really important one, um, actually. Um, so I want to thank you for coming on and chatting with me today. Yeah, as always, thanks for having me, David. And thanks for everyone who is listening. I hope you um, found that kind of informative, and, and I'm excited to see where that, this conversation continues. Um, 
So I hope you are too. Be sure to tune in next time and take a peek behind the mask.